Thank you to our readers. I'm going to try this technology and hopefully it'll work this morning. This being the first Sunday after Epiphany, it's the Sunday we commemorate traditionally in the church the baptism of the Lord. And it's one of four distinct events that Christians around the world celebrate as part of this season of Epiphany. Now if you remember from your church tradition and history, those four events in the season of uh, Epiphany are the Nativity, which is the revelation of Christ to the Jews, to the nation Israel, and then the visitation of the Magi, that's the revelation of Christ to the Gentiles. And then this Sunday, part of the season of Epiphany, is the baptism of the Lord, baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. That's what we'll talk about today. And then the fourth event in this season of Epiphany we'll talk about next week, which is Jesus' first miracle. It's the turning of water into wine at the wedding at Cana. So this morning, we heard the account of Jesus' baptism, as Ronnie read from the lectern over there out of the Gospel of Luke. And a particular interest in Luke's account is this image of Jesus coming to baptize not with water, but coming to baptize with fire. It's an image of a harvester separating the wheat from the husks and the chaff. I've got a different version of that. I want to read that passage to you again. We're going to break it down a little bit this morning. This comes from the New American Standard. Luke 3, starting in verse 15, it says, Now while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John the Baptist as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. See, that term winnowing fork is, is interesting. It's, if you're not familiar with this, it's, it's an agricultural tool, kind of like a pitchfork, and it was developed in ancient times to help separate the chaff and the husks and the straw from the grain. See, first, the harvest would be brought in out of the field, and it would be gathered onto the threshing floor. And while on the threshing floor, it would be spread out, and it would be beaten to loosen the grain from the husk. And then the winnowing fork would be used to toss the wheat high into the air and the chaff and the husk would blow away in the breeze and to the threshing floor would fall the grain and the straw. 
those were the useful parts. One for the purpose of nourishing and for food, while the other was just fuel for the fire. And so they would take that that was on the threshing floor and they would gather up the grain and then they would take the straw and the, what was left of the husks and chaff, the undesirable parts of the harvest, and they would cast it into the fire or use it to heat their homes. At any point, it would be burned. Now this is just a simple illustration of Jesus' mission and ministry. This winnowing process. And it started with his baptism here. Then the mission and ministry of Jesus was to gather the wheat. Those who accepted him and his message. Those who reject him and his message. Well, they're the chaff. They're the undesirable. They're that which will be cast into the fire and burned for all eternity. And so because it begins here, this ministry and mission of Jesus, we celebrate His baptism. And Luke's Gospel account, as Ronnie read, beginning in verse 21, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while He was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. You are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. Is there a son or a daughter anywhere on planet earth that doesn't long to hear those kind of words from their parent. See, when, when I was young, nothing could make me light up more than praise and affirmation from my dad. If my dad were to give me an attaboy, that was enough to make me push through tough situations make me dig down deep within myself to find inner strength whether it was when I was playing baseball in high school whether it was uh, in, in music or even when I got to be an adult in, in Marine Corps training I would draw on that affirmation and encouragement from my dad even when he wasn't physically present I could hear his words of praise that he had uttered on so many occasions before, encouraging me when I needed encouragement. And so his voice would play in my head when things got tough, when the way got rough, when I needed his voice. And it was enough to make me push myself up off the ground, to dust myself off, to get back into the game, get back into the fight. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Is there a son or daughter anywhere 
who doesn't long to hear his father say those words. Now it occurs to me that some of us didn't have a father who said those words. Maybe it was maybe it was your mother who was the encourager. Maybe it was an aunt or a grandparent that was the encourager. The point is in our humanness we need connection and affirmation for from those who take care of us and want to see us nurtured and grow. Am I right? You follow me? But regardless of where your human affirmation came from, I would say that there's probably not a single person on the planet that wouldn't want to hear a proclamation, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased, wouldn't want to hear that come down from heaven from God himself. No matter what your human experience is or was with your human biological parents or those that took care of you or in some cases failed to take care of you, regardless of what your circumstance is or was, to be cared for by your Father in heaven would be the most important affirmation that any of us could receive. See, we generally focus on the baptism of the Lord on this particular Sunday as an event of great significance in the life and ministry of Jesus, in the tradition of the church. It's important. It's the descending of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, the proclamation from heaven. It's a very public, miraculous display of the might of God and the divinity of Jesus. There's no question that his baptism was every bit of that. But the thing is, we also need to understand that although Jesus was fully God, fully divine, he was also fully human. And so as I think back on my own experience and how important my dad's affirmation was to me in tough circumstances, I can't help but think that God's words to Jesus as he came up out of that baptismal water, out of the Jordan at his baptism, and he heard the words coming from heaven from his Father, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Those words must have been the words that sustained him throughout the course of his ministry on earth. And he would need that encouragement. As you look at his ministry unfold, the very next thing, if we turn the page into Luke chapter 4, we see he's already in a position where he needs that comfort and affirmation. Listen to Luke 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. You could read that Jesus, full of the affirmation of His Father, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where for 40 days He was tempted by the devil. 
He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. And can't you just see the Father in heaven get a big smile on his face and say, boy." Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. And you can see once again God in heaven. a boy. Show that devil what you're made of, son. And so then the devil took him to Jerusalem. And he placed him up on the pinnacle of the temple saying to him, If you are the Son of God... Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And God in heaven had to be smiling. That's my boy. You've got this. God's words echo in Jesus' head as He stands His ground in the face of the devil. And the devil sees that Jesus' resolve is unshakable. And the Bible says when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. You see, as Jesus stands there defiantly and alone once again in the wilderness, He can hear God say once more, You are my beloved Son, in You I am well pleased. This affirmation that Jesus would carry with Him through His whole ministry on earth. Now here's the thing. See, I have been listening to people long enough to know that many of us go through our entire lives seeking praise from a parent. And in some cases, that praise never comes. This is the reality of the human condition. This is the reality of the fallen, broken world in which we live. Sometimes, in some families, the affirmation and praise from a parent never comes. And while the pain of that experience might linger still, even now as you sit in the pew, some of you may be going, I never had that affirmation from my father. The thing is, I have found that the affirmation and approval of our Father in Heaven, which is available to everyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's the affirmation that really sustains us and gets us to the other side of countless storms, of all of life's 
battles, through days and days and miles and miles of wilderness. That's the affirmation. And as an aside, don't judge God the Father. If you never got that affirmation from a parent, don't judge God the Father by the standards set by that person that you called father or mother or aunt or uncle. Whoever it was that didn't give you affirmation, don't judge God the Father by them because God's ways are higher than our ways. And He is always faithful. He is always trustworthy. He will always love you. And so, as we are here at the baptism of our Lord Sunday, It is indeed a landmark event in history. It is that. It is every bit the miraculous descending of the Holy Spirit of God upon Jesus. It is that. It is indeed a glorious announcement of the divinity of Christ. It is that. But more than all that, it's in the simple words of encouragement from a father to his son, from the father to the son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in that that we can find peace and comfort and affirmation in our own lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.